Welcome to the Marketplace Movement, where our vision is to reach, enhance, and advance lives. This week, we are on part 7.5 of the Cost of God's Will series. Today, we will learn how to stay in position while paying the bill called diligence. So, as always, please grab your notebook and your Bible and join us in the year of a gift. Does that make sense? 
Alright. However, even if you do not know specifics, there's baseline in all of us. We should just know. Like, you might not know that you're specifically called to do this, but all of us know we're called to the will of God. Like, everybody in the room knows that we're called to prayer, we're called to love our neighbor and our enemy, we're called to forgiveness. Like, we don't have to pray about that. that it, it, it always just boggles my mind, even though I know it's true. People will, will, will have an alt against their brother or sister or be walking in bitterness or, 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 or walking in anger or, or even walking in lust. I'm going to pray about it. That's, you don't have to pray about that. You're wrong. You need to repent about it. Are y'all with what I'm saying? We got to be careful about the stuff we're asking God to confirm when we already know. Amen? Alright, so we know that studying the word is the will. These are things that we know are the will of God. So all of that's baseline. Once we move beyond those necessary habits, the question, and here's what I want to deal with tonight, how do I stay in position? Because I also do not believe that some people who are saying to me, I don't know what God's will for my life is, I think some of us are lying. What I think is many of us know exactly what God wants us to do and then we don't want to do that. So, you know, as, as you know, my parents used to say, you're playing dumb. Right? Like, you, you know what you're supposed to do. And so you say, oh, I don't, I don't know God's will for my life. No. You don't want to do it, so you keep saying you don't know it. All right? So I want to talk three necessary steps. Just three. I'm going to give us three necessary steps to stay in position, and then we're going to look at those steps in a passage of Scripture in the book of Ezekiel and then I'll pray. We're going to go home. So either that's going to take me all of this time, or I'll be done real short. And y'all be upset with me, and then it'll be fine. All right? So three necessary steps. Just three. Number one. We ready? All right. Here's number one. Build a set of habits necessary for your position. These are three necessary steps to stay in position. The first one. Build a set of habits necessary for your position. You need to underline the word your in your notes. Build a set of habits that are necessary for your position. I've, I've, I've taught about this a couple of times, but I need to reiterate. I remember when my daughter started playing volleyball and she got to a level where one of her coaches says, you've been working out, but you have not been doing volleyball specific workouts. And she looked at him like a deer in the headlights. Like, I don't know what that is. Well, the movements for volleyball are different than just working out. And I remember when we went to go get her first pair of real volleyball shoes, you know, after she had graduated from playing from the Y and just playing whatever shoe she wanted to play in. And we went to go get her pair of real volleyball shoes. And me, I'm an inquisitive type of guy. And I'm asking the guy, like, you know, these shoes look like those shoes over there. And I need to understand why that shoe that say volleyball is like $50 more dollars than this shoe that don't say volleyball. Why can't I just buy the $50 cheaper shoe that don't say volleyball versus the $50 more shoe that say volleyball? He says, oh, no, 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 no. He said, turn it over. So you turn the shoe over, and you I, I saw that the whole instep and arch was different. And he said, the reason the arch is made that way is because in volleyball, you have to have a whole lot of lateral movement. And they build the arch to bring stability for the type of movement in that sport. Watch. And so many of us, oftentimes, will go for the cheaper or easier route. Not recognizing that sometimes what I can get quick will hurt me while I'm in route, while, while I'm playing. Y'all see what I'm saying? And so we have to say, what is the set of habits that are necessary for my position? What is the specific habit set, the specific workout, the specific Disciplines that are necessary for what God called me to. I have to work the muscles that I'm going to put under stress during the game. Before my daughter warms up for a game, back to Nia, before she warms up for a game, all, of, all the other players, she's set. So all of the other players, you know, they're passing the ball. And Nia's against the wall doing what it is. 
Because she uses her fingertips and she looks at the ceiling almost the whole game. I remember she said, Daddy, you, you would be amazed how difficult it is to get around the volleyball court when you're not looking at the court. She said, do you recognize that I spend the whole game like this? That's it, because every second ball was hers. Soon as that ball goes up, you see my daughter. This is it. And it's all here. It's all here. And so while everybody else is working on this muscle, she's working on that muscle. What muscle are you supposed to be working on for what God called you to? So, for instance, I, I know K is called to prayer. I know that. So, if I ask K, K, did you pray today? And K says, no, I'm real confused. Because that means that you haven't put the muscle that is necessary for your call under stress today. You can't wait until you're under attack to now try to stress a muscle that should be built up. Does that make sense? So, so I want you to think about that call and have I work that muscle. Let's go a little further with that first one. Many of us spend so much time with our eyes on other people that we actually start working out according to their call. Because we're trying to emulate instead of just be. Let me tell you, it's very, very dangerous when you want to be someone else so bad that you start trying to build your life on their happiness. Amen. It would be like, it would be like a sprinter loving the training regiment of a distance runner and then getting angry because they can't win no races. I don't understand. Your race don't even start the same. Distance runners don't start down in the blocks. Distance runners start a race to stand straight up. Have you ever seen somebody that's about to run, like, you know, a long race, like they're about to, you know, do the marathon in the Olympics? They don't start a marathon down like this. They just be sitting up there. <laughs> you know, that's it. And then when they start the race, none of them start off, they don't do that. They just kind of just, this is real nice little pace because they understand I've trained to run long. That's very, very different than a sprinter who comes out of the blocks with so much power that for many steps, their head is not even up. By the time their head gets up and they're in full sprint, the race is over. So imagine if the person running the mile sprinted the first hundred. Watch this. If they are 20 seconds ahead of the rest of the pack, they lost. Y'all still not hearing what I'm saying. So we run in the marathon, right? 28 plus miles.
I don't want you to run the point guard in that. I want you, I want you to be a power forward. You don't get to decide. You ain't the coach. You don't get to decide. When Kevin Love, when they told Kevin Love, you're going to play the five, he just said, okay. I'm going to play the five. He went, it's not a five. He ain't played five since college. You're going to play the five. Here's what happens with us. It's going to get a little sensitive. We try to tell God, and especially his representatives, where we want to be. Okay, I'll say this in, in all humility, yet all boldness. If I mess up with where I place you, God takes that up with me. I'm the one who has to pay the penalty for putting you in the wrong position. This is why coaches get fired when teams lose. So why in the world, if you trust me as a coach, would you give me a hard time when I'm trying to get you to run a play? I know you don't think you should be running the five, but that's not your job right now. Maybe I put you in at the five in order to confuse our opponent who didn't think you could run it. It's not, it's my job to see the floor. Y'all with me? Well, here's what we do. I'll all do that. I'll, I didn't want to preach either. Amen, somebody. Amen. I certainly wasn't trying to pastor. Now I had to be presiding bishop. Man, please, please, and please. Right? But that wasn't up to me. God's positioning me where he wants to position me. God is placing me in places he wants to place me. And I, I'll say this as, as, as your pastor, proud to be. But I recognize that sometimes I'll put you into some places where y'all like, y'all be all right? Because sometimes I'm putting you there for your development, not for your frustration. Here's what I know about God. The longer you frustrated in position, the longer you got to stay. We want to tell God, this is where I feel like I am. This, this is where I want to be used. According to what? According to what? I want to be used here because I want to be or because I'm called to? Want to be. <laughs> right? Because if, we, if we're going to go on want to, let's just go on want to. Let me tell you what I want. I want to play the drums. <laughs> I mean, if we do a want to, I would like to play the drums. I man, listen, listen. If it's Sunday, I'd be early. <laughs> I mean, I'd be early. I'd be bringing in my equipment. Y'all see, but every time we come in, he is polishing the drums. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be ready. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> the the, the drum, y'all don't know. Y'all, you better ask my mother-in-law, boy. I try to tell you what I'm in my happy place. Behind the drum set. Now, I've been playing my whole life. Got my first drum set when I was six years old. My parents made me play Saturday night on the drums. How you do that? That's what my mother said. <laughs> they sang. I gave them a beat. Six years old, Christmas. Never forget. That's what I want to be. But that's not what I'm made to be. And watch this. Good at and called to are not the same thing. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to get us to the passage. I got to give y'all all my points first. Good at and called to are not the same thing. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're called to the thing that you're good at. I'm good at taking pictures. Used to work in that. I'm good at drawing. Used to do that. I'm good at music. Got a degree in that. That don't mean I'm called to any of those things. Amen. And sometimes what God allows you to be good at is only to fund what you're called to. I'm trying to help somebody. Amen. Sometimes you have to use your skill set in order to provide the funding for your mental so that you don't have to manipulate people as you walk in your home. Yeah. Okay. The uh -huh. See, the reason I preach anywhere and don't ask for no honorarium is because God has put me in a place where, first of all, I have a church to take care of me. Second of all, I, I will work. Y'all understand. See, I don't have a workout. I, I, I'm not allergic to work, not one bit. So when somebody calls me and asks me to preach, they're like, how much you going to charge me? 
Because we don't want to get into the position of being a hireling. If you're a blessing, God bless you. But I'm not charging you. Charge. Come on now. Does it make sense? So number one, build a set of habits necessary for your position. Number two, do not try to position yourself. Here's number three. Here's number three. Here's the hardest. And then we're going to go further. Stay in position unless you are moved. Oh, this is so, so not a man tonight. <laughs> Stay in position unless you are moved. That right there is something that we often, okay, let's go back to volleyball. Um, in volleyball, you actually lose, you, you give your opponent a point when you're out of rotation. First time I saw that, you know, the ref be up on his little perch, and he'll blow the whistle, look at you like, yeah, y'all in the wrong spot. You can lose a whole game and never drop a ball. He'll keep calling out of rotation. And every time you out of rotation, they get a point. Out of rotation. Point. Out of rotation. Point. Out of rotation. Point. Look at how many points the devil get. <laughs> because we like, I don't want to be here. This is where I want to stand. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm more comfortable with. The diligence is, I'm going to stay here, Lord, unless you move me. Does that make sense? All right, now let's look at the passage. Ezekiel chapter 3. Let's look at these three things. Y'all all right? No, it's all right. <laughs> Y'all have number one. Number one was build a set of habits necessary for your position. Number two, do not try to position yourself. Number three, stay in position unless you are moved. Amen? Amen. Ezekiel chapter 3. This is Ezekiel's call or Ezekiel's commission. Let's Look at this passage together. Now, verse 1. Then he said to me, he is God, son of man, eat what you find, eat this scroll, and go, speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, he fed me this scroll, he said to me, son of man, feed your stomach, fill your body with the scroll which I have given you, that I ate it, and it was sweet as honey. In my mouth. I want y'all to see that first three verses that corresponds to point one. What was point one? Build a what? Build a set of habits that what? Necessary for your position, right? That's, so what we see in verse one through three is we see the Lord telling him, now don't say nothing yet, but eat this scroll first. That's habit building. Do y'all see that? Eat the scroll. He said, so I opened my mouth and I ate it till I was full. This is, he ain't said nothing yet. Here's one of the biggest dangers we make. We jump out doing before we've prepped. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You just jump out. Just boom. You, you do it. And, but you're not ready for what you're doing. What are your set of habits? What are your set of habits? Like, you know, I know the, the, the level in which, like, I'm high intensity. It's just the way that I am, right? And if anybody has ever been with me, like, to the prison, I'll be in the prison on Sunday. And so when I go into the prison on Sunday, like, I'm working, like, hard, okay? And now, with the new prison schedule, I have to preach two services in the amount of time that most people would do one. So I'm going to preach Sunday morning. And then we're going to go and we're going to check in at 5.30. Service is going to start at 6. And then I'm going to probably have a mic at 6.15. I got, a, I got from 6.15 to about 5 minutes to 7. The next crew comes in at 7. I got the mic probably about 7.15. And I got to get them out of there by 7.45. Two times. Bam, bam. And I'm going to be working hard. I'm sweating all the way through my clothes. I mean, we're going for it. And I'm preaching two different sermons. Guess what I can't do? I can't eat like I'm a fool. I can't sit there and drink pop all day. And I can't all of a sudden decide that on Sunday I want to figure out how to read my Bible. I have to be eating a scroll the whole time. And for anybody that's ever been in prison, say the wrong thing in prison if you want to. They've been reading the Bible. So you, this is especially true in the men's prison. Because they will, they will just check you in the middle of your sermon. They don't say that. Oh, they will. They will. What version you in, bro? That ain't what my version say. Oh, they'll get you. 
in the middle. So you got to make sure, what are my habits? What's necessary for this? And see, sometimes we're so spiritual, we forget the natural habits. If I know how to preach three times in a row, I got three times. I got, I got three times. And, 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 you know, despite popular belief, I teach here for an hour. I'm up for one hour. Amen. And people are like, oh, this is just an hour. Okay, here's what I need you to do. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to just stand up. Don't even say that. Just stand up for one hour. <laughs> right. You know, in a full cast. For one hour. Just, just stand in one spot for one hour. What sleeves got to do? Yeah. Like, stand up for one hour. Some of us, if they tell you that the line at Chick-fil-A is going to be 10 minutes, yeah. you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> and you're in the car listening to your favorite music. All right? Now, I'm not complaining. I'm showing you guys the necessary regimen. The necessary regimen behind. What's your call? What's the habit? For him, he says, eat the scroll till you're full. Now this is baseline. Right? I was in a meeting today. I was in a meeting today. And the person on the other end, actually both of the people on the other end of the table had more on paper credentials than me. Both of them. Matter of fact, I was the least credentialed person in the whole meeting. And yet, I'm in the meeting to bring results. Oh, here we go. I couldn't all of a sudden say, all right, Lord, I know I ain't prayed, I ain't sure my Bible at all. Could you use me? Use what exactly? <laughs> the most skillful builder can't build nothing without material. Y'all with me? Let's keep reading. Verse 4. Then he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel, speak with my words to them. Y'all see that? For you are not being sent to a people of unintelligible speech or difficult language, but to the house of Israel, nor to many peoples of unintelligible speech or difficult language, whose words you cannot understand. But I have sent you to them who should listen to you. Yet the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you, since they are not willing to listen to me. Surely the whole house of Israel is stubborn and obstinate. Do y'all see that? Now, my first necessary step, build a set of habits necessary for your position, right? Number two, do not try to position yourself, right? I want y'all to pay attention to what just happened in verse 4 through 7. I'm sending you to a group of people. I'm positioning you, right? And they don't want to hear a word you have to say. But I'm still putting you. I still want you to say it. But nobody wants to hear that. But say it anyway. He said, and what would make you think that they would listen to you? They don't listen to me. So, but 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 watch. But still say it. Okay, let's go back to basketball. Let's go back to my basketball analogy. Um, there are teams in the NBA who get like blew out in the fourth quarter. It's just embarrassing for and so then the coach will call for on the bench that you don't know their name. You're like, who's that? So you call them and he puts them in the game. I always find what they call garbage minutes. I always find them amazing because that's the time that you're going to get some dude that you don't know his name. And when it's time to guard, you be like this. I mean, like you get blew out by 50 and he all down. You know, I mean, he's going in. Because why? If I can prove myself. I bet you I ain't gonna play like we lose. Cause watch this. Even though I'm in this game and even though we're losing, playing well during hard times might give me an ability to start. See, this is what happens when you're trying to position yourself. Right? I don't know why Bishop. Can you believe Bishop asked me? He asked me to put the prayer cards at the prayer cards at my last church. At my last church. You know who I was at my last church? Bishop asked me to place the prayer cards. The prayer cards. He could have got somebody else to place the prayer 
America. And my I was over the, 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 the motherboard number 13 and a half ministries. And, and he didn't ask me to place the prayer card. Wait a minute. An attitude over preparing God's house for service disqualifies you for a microphone. If you won't take out the trash, you can't bring in the gospel. When you discredit the small things, why would you want something big? Oh, we're going to keep working. We're going to keep working. So I want you to notice he positions the prophet in a place that would be uncomfortable. He says, You will not be received. And the response that he would get did not change the fact that he was positioning you. I'm sending you somewhere and they will not listen. I'm still sending The truth is, we wouldn't have picked that position. Amen. Think about it. Not like the Lord said, I want you to go preach. They don't listen to the word you don't say. And they might try to kill you. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> He wanted them to see his power. 
say, yeah, but they would have not been trapped. They wouldn't have had Pharaoh behind them. They could have done this and they could have done that. But they also would have never seen the greatness of God. Sometimes, people of God, we're so busy trying to get to comfortable places, easy places, quick places, that we're like, well, that's the easier way. And God's like, I know it is. I know that's so much easier. But if you go that way, you won't see the greatness of God in that foolishness that you're about to walk into. But God, that's hard. Yes, I know. Go that way. I'm going to position you there. Because you don't know how strong you are until you have to be strong. If you never allow God to put you in position where the anointing is required, you don't know you have it. If Abraham would have refused to go up that mountain, he would have never seen Jehovah Jireh. The manifestation of God's provision was on the other side of his obedience to a very hard position. Take your son, your only son Isaac. I'm positioning you up here to kill the very thing that you love. And on the other side of that, he was able to see the provision of God. Rebellion to that would have blocked out God's provision in that moment. And so there's some things God is like, listen, I want to show you more of me, Lord. I want more of you. Good. Come over here in this hard place. Because that's where I am. But, but Lord, why would I go there? That is uncomfortable. Wait a minute. I'm positioning you. I'm positioning you. I'm putting you in a spot where I know that you will be challenged. Because when you keep going to unchallenging places, you don't see me. You don't see what I put in you. You don't see how great the anointing that I placed on your life. You gotta be like, all right, Lord. All right, God. Just put me wherever you want. Think about that, y'all. Many of us, we wouldn't want that Red Sea way because we're smart. Amen. We done read a book or two. We was on the internet. <laughs> I seen it on a YouTube video. Somebody posted it on Facebook. I read about it on Twitter. Right? We got all this information. And the more data we have, the faithless we become. Because now, instead of us walking in faith, we're walking in research. Huh? Everything got to be verified. We can't just believe in healing. We have to verify that healing is even possible before we pray. So you Googling the diagnosis to determine whether or not anybody's ever been healed of it before you even open your mouth to believe that God can. The doctor says it, you Google it. Google said ain't nobody ever lived to this. Well, I guess I better start making my arrangements. Hold on. God put you there on purpose because nobody's been healed. Why can't you have the faith that you'll be the first? Amen. Amen. And it's funny how we love to be first about natural things. I mean, we get all hype. Like, you know, I'm going to be the first in my family to go to college. We get hype about that. But we don't get hyped about, I'm about to be the first in our family not to have that problem. I'm about, I'm about to be the first marriage that don't end in divorce. How about that? We don't get excited about those things. Amen, amen. And so we have to understand this. I, I, was, I was sitting there and I was looking over and I was like, wow, God. If they would have done what was easy, they wouldn't have seen you. You were in the hard thing. I don't think I'm ready. That ain't your job. You don't get to tell the coach I ain't ready to play. You might get cut. No serious. I ain't ready. Your job is to stay ready. That's point one. 
You know when your number get called? Amen. The church has created something that is, that is very erroneous. It doesn't look like the scripture. At any given time, you can be next man up in the Bible. Think about it. Think about it. You have Judas, then you get Phineas, all of a vote. That's, that's another whole text. And then they, they, don't, they don't have enough help. They pick a guy named Stephen to wait tables. Okay, let me get to you, 2018. Hey, we need somebody to help with pantry because we don't have enough help. I'm going to put it to you right there in 2000, because go read the text. Don't make it more spooky than it happened. It says that the widows were neglected in the daily administration of food, which means during pantry, they didn't have enough help. So here's the equivalent. Excuse me, um, we need some folks to show up because during pantry, we've been a little full, and we need some folks to show up. If you show up in pantry, and then you end up getting stoned for preaching the gospel of 2018, you end up getting shot. For delivering somebody as you was taking a turkey out to the car. That's what happened to Stephen. He went from waiting tables to dying, preaching the gospel of the Lord. He created something. But many of us would have said, Man, you know that? You know that girl told me that. I got a big call. I can't be helped doing stuff like that because I'm called to this. All of us are to be ministers of reconciliation. Let's keep going. Verse 11. Go to the exiles, to the sons of your people. Speak to them. Tell them whether they listen or not. Thus says the Lord God. All that blessed. Tell them whether they listen or not. No matter what, always point number three, stay in position unless you don't move. Verse 11, tell them whether they listen or not. Don't, don't go and tell them and they'll be like, they didn't listen, I'm up. They were saying, I, I said, hold on, I didn't you. Tell them whether they listen or not. Whether they listen or not. If I show up suddenly and nobody's here, still got job. Still got to do what God told me. It's not like I said, Lord, no, I can't. So I'm cool. Give up this pastor thing forever. I started like that. Y'all know the story? First Sunday, 11 people. Next Sunday, snowed out. Third Sunday, I preached to Janine. That's the shit. So in my mind, it's cool. My wife and kids, y'all gather around. I don't know where everybody is. Worry about that later. Let's pray. Have a word. Do you cease to be called because it's hard? Do you give up because it's uncomfortable? That's like ceasing being black because we get killed. Oh, come on, let's go. Because black men are being shot, do I cease to be a black male? I am who I am. This is what I am. I'm, I didn't put myself in this black male position. I was positioned this way. Therefore, the atrocities placed upon the black male cannot cause me to stop being Just because a black man trying to help people to safety in a mall in Alabama was shot three times in his back does not mean that I can go to God and say, excuse me, I would like to turn in my black male card and could I, could I come back as uh, something different? It doesn't work that way. But neither does your call. See, as, as long as you look at what God said as a cult, 
and not as a transition of identity. You'll take it on and off. Did y'all just hear what I said? As long as the call of God is a cult, when it's uncomfortable, you pop that joker off like it's, like it's a different season. Boop. But when you look at him calling you as a, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things have passed away, behold, all things become new. That's a transition of identity. I cannot remove that. See, we made this mistake theologically when we taught the Holy Ghost in days of old. Because as long as we were telling people to catch the Holy Ghost when it wore off, you can act the fool. Right? But when you teach the Holy Ghost as a transformative, it don't wear off. It's in you. It's, it don't wear down. It's in you. It's a part of who I am. It is in the DNA. Come on now. How in the world can we talk about the blood of Jesus and miss the fact that salvation is a blood transfusion, not simply a blood covering? During transfusion, old blood is removed. I shouldn't be the same. I shouldn't talk the same. I shouldn't act the same. I shouldn't go to the same places. Not if, any, not if we believe the text. So when God puts you in a place, you got to just grow where you're planted. Amen. And so he says, whether they listen to you or not. See, we have to learn to trust God with the result. God loves us enough. I'm going to read this. I, I got one more text. I got to read. Listen to what I'm going to say. God loves us enough to get us out of anything that we're Listen to the hymnals. But he also loves us enough to give us strength to stay in anything that will help us. God, you love me enough that if this thing's going to hurt me, you'll get me out. But you also love me enough where if this is going to help me, you'll give me the strength to stay in. Then you got to accept the strength, though. You got to accept it. You got you to accept that strength that comes. You got to know the difference. Lord, are you strengthening me to leave or are you strengthening me to stay? And you got to know the difference. The problem is, without diligence, which is fueled by faith, we'll never see God's strength operate on our behalf. I'll never see it. And because I'm never seeing God's strength operating on my behalf, when I think I'm walking to safety, I might actually be walking to harm. When I think I'm going to what's easy, I'm actually walking away from God's will. Amen. When the scripture talks about 
you know, people who ridicule you and all that, I said, for righteousness sake. You were righteous. So all of that, that's you. Amen. You cussed the person out of the light. They had road rage. They followed you all the way to work, right? Then they ran up all up on your car, right? Tore up the whole side of your car. And then you are begging me to make a way out of nowhere. That's reaping and sowing. The enemy was busy this morning. No, you were out of control this morning. You were outside of God's will. Operating in your own strength. You caught a fool on the street and another fool caught you. And now all of a sudden you want God to erase away the wage for your sin. Then when he does it, even then you don't give him praise according to how good that is. Because you're too conservative for that. God is like, alright, so I'm going to get you out of this. Right? The police officer's going to come. Notice that they hit you from behind. They're going to be silent. Your insurance won't go up. And you still get the same thing. When the only reason you're in this position is because you didn't act right at the line. And then you didn't tell the officer that you were the initiator of aggression. You told just the part that made you look like a baby. And God said, they threw it off. Oh, why is it so black position, y'all? See, we come and we want all this stuff to be so ethereal the way up here. Let's just get practical. Let's just be honest with you. I'm called to this. I don't do anything to get me ready for that. Right? Then I complain about how hard it is, but I haven't worked out for it. Right? Some of the stuff we say is hard. That's because we're spiritually out of shape. It's not hard. You win. Oh, man, that blessing. That's not hard. You just out of shape for a call. But why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Why is it? Because you won't work out. Amen. If Orlando working out every day, and Orlando has a max bench press of 300 pounds, and I work out once a year, and I have a max, max, max bench press of 30 pounds, and, and now I'm going to go, and I'm going to work out with Orlando, I can't sit there and then be all devastated and upset because I tried to impress him and lift up 300 pounds and I broke my whole shoulder off. And now all of a sudden, I'm in a cast and I'm talking about, Lord, why have you done this to me? That's my fault. Now I got two choices. Ron James, who was in Cleveland, they fired David Block and got Ty Lue. Ty Lue didn't like the way they were playing offense. He said they was way too slow. And so all of a sudden, you should have seen how he was running up and down that field. You got all these million dollar men huffing. I mean, <laughs> you can quit. Or you can decide that you're about to get your shape. Always going to be tense just for a second. Just because your last coach allowed it. Sometimes God will send you to a place where the new coach don't allow that type of run up and down. And, watch this, what a coach will allow the first game of the season versus what a coach will allow in the playoffs. Two very different things. So I continue to put us all on notice. We have a part of our season where, look, I used to stay in shape. The devil is busy. But that's just his job. Why do we get our foot down like that? The devil is? Of course he is. Because he's diligent, of course. 
place. He busy, we late. He busy, we in time. He busy, we won't read our Bible. He busy, we won't pray. Of course he's busy. But we make it easy for him. If you want to when you try to run up and down the court, your job is, oh, this ain't nothing. You know how many times I ran up and down the court and tried to I can run down this court back with more. Yeah, you're ready to do that. My father was a boxer. He used to talk to him a lot about Muhammad Ali. He said, man, you know, you know what's good about Muhammad Ali? He said, said, man. He said, Muhammad Ali, man, could knock you out. Oh, backwards. He said, now you never seen nothing like it. You never seen nothing like it, man. He said, Muhammad Ali would dance backwards and hit you, pop, knock you out. I mean, it would just, it would just be exciting to my head. It take all time. Thank you.